up, everybody, and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. I am your host, Jim Harmer, and today I am joined by the big guy, Brian McGuckin, uh, NFL <laughs> photographer by weekend and by weekday uh, school teacher. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I am doing great. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Um, whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Start your free t- trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your purchase. Well, Brian, you have shot a bunch of NFL games and sports. Um, this is kind of your specialty. And so today for our Facebook live stream, we want to open it up to listener questions. Anything you want to ask about sports photography, this is your chance to do it. So uh, if uh, those of you who are watching the Facebook live stream, we're going to take your questions uh, now. If you want to just type them in as a comment and then we'll uh, be seeing, seeing them uh come in as the, as they're doing it so brian the question that everybody asks to get to uh when they hear you're shooting nfl games it's something cool like that uh i think what everybody wants to know is how do you get into a game how did how did you get in a position to start doing that uh that's the hard part <laughs> um it is difficult to get in just simply because there are so many rules and regulations and they tend to kind of limit the number of photographers that are allowed on the sidelines uh, the way that I got in, and I know every time I'm on, I'm probably, I probably talk about it, is just through relationships. Uh, I'm a very uh, relational person, in my opinion. And so I had, you want the long story or you want the short story? Well, let's hear the medium. All right, the medium story. <laughs> I, I was at a wedding um, from a chiropractor and did a slideshow during the wedding the next day, his sister came up to me and said, hey, I'm a celebrity event um, planner and I do a lot of events with a lot of athletes. Would you be interested in helping me? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to. And so my job typically is to photograph um, athletes or celebrities that are at certain events just with the sponsorship. So that way they have photos for them. Well, from that, I've had the opportunity to meet a handful of players and some coaches And with that, I've used that opportunity to build relationships with those coaches. And with, uh, through that, I have kind of made a, an exchange in a way where I will do, uh, family photos for them. And in return, they have helped get me onto the sidelines. So that's kind of the medium version of it. That that's awesome. So we have a couple questions that have that have come in um, on Facebook Live uh, about sports photography for you. Um, first is what's you, what's your brand of camera and lens choice for for shooting the NFL? So I I have two camera bodies. Uh, I have a 5D Mark III and then I have a 7D Mark II, and so those are typically uh, I'll have uh, both those bodies with me. And what I'll often use the most is. Uh, sometimes I'll have my 5D Mark III and I'll just have my 2470 or 70 to 200 on that. And then my 7D Mark II, I'll often rent a lens uh, locally. I'll get a 300, 2.8 or 400 from the local uh, photography place nearby. And it's great because I can rent it on a Friday and have to return it on Monday and it only cost me about $60. So that's the lens that I use the most, usually the 300 or 400 2.8. So Canon. 
Very cool. And uh, Nathan Pratt is asking, how do you expose for dark clothing on players and cheerleaders without blowing out the background? Good question. Uh, I tend to, I don't really, I don't really photograph the cheerleaders because I like to try to get a good action shot of the, of the football players. And I'm usually stressed about that too much to, to be distracted. So typically a lot of that has to do just with positioning yourself and paying attention to the background, you know, whether if their team's wearing a light Jersey or a dark Jersey, depending if they're home or away, you know, a lot of times that makes a difference and just paying attention to the crowd in the background, because usually you want to get down low. And when you're down low, that lifts the players up to where the background is the crowd behind them. And so just being aware of, of the background, uh, I think one of the first games I shot, uh, there's a picture on my website. Uh, it's Brett Favre when he's playing for the Vikings. And behind him was the logo, the Vikings logo in, in the background. And so I think when you pay attention to the background, that kind of helps for when you're just setting your exposure. You know, I, I set the exposure to whatever the athlete is wearing and then just be aware of what's around you. Very cool. So, okay, so you get in the games. What are some of the, the rules and regulations, things you have to be aware of when you're, when you're shooting a game like this? Good question. Uh, there are a handful of rules. One of the most important things to know is there's a painted line that goes around the field. From that painted line, you're only allowed to stay on one side of the line. So as you're walking around, you just got to make sure that you stay behind the line. Uh, you'll notice the NFL network, their crew kind of goes where they want. And the team photographers, they have the rights to go wherever they want for the most part. But you've got to stay back. The major rule that you have to pay attention to is you're never allowed to take pictures when you're walking behind the bench. Oh, afraid because, you're going to take pictures of playbooks and stuff? Right. Uh, exactly. Gotcha. And they want to they wanna avoid that. So Nicole Senor is asking, do you ever use a slow shutter speed for a blurred background or are you always just using fast shutter speeds? Honestly, I tend to usually keep it. It's usually fast and I just try to keep it at that. If I'm on the sideline and somebody's running past me, maybe I'll do something where I'll try to slow it down a little bit. But the games go by really, really fast and you don't really have a whole lot of time. Uh, well, I guess depending on what your focus is. If your focus is trying to capture the action, you don't have time to sit there and play with your settings unless you're unless you have no worries and it, and you've got the time to do whatever you want. But uh, I tend to always want to be getting a good action shot. So I don't try to be too artistic, I guess, with the playing with the shutter speed and all that. Okay, so so you are when you're shooting a game, are, do you like have something that you have to deliver to the client? Like, because uh, what I see often is that sports photographers have to capture the story of the game because they need to send that to the newspaper, whoever is actually using the photos and sponsoring them being there. Um, and it seems that that would kind of limit your, your creative ability to just try different things because if you're trying something creative, what if there's a big touchdown or a fight on the field right then and you missed it? So do you feel like that kind of hampers you sometime or not really? Well, in a way, I'm kind of lucky because I don't necessarily have an assignment. My assignment is basically, for me, whatever I want to capture. However, when you are doing something for a paper, then you do tend to be assigned to maybe um, a certain player or even certain plays that would be happening um, as far as like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're there with a crew, 
your job may be assigned to one team or even just focusing on the receivers compared to, you know, focusing on the running backs or the linemen. And when there's more photographers there that you're working with in a group, then it kind of makes your job a little bit easier because you've only got more, you have a more narrow uh, focus compared to when I'm there, I'm just trying to capture whatever. And it's hard because for me, I, I try to work on something different each game and you're trying to capture the receivers making the catch, but yet your quarterback does a pump fake one way and you fall for it. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, somebody's on the other half of the field catching the ball and running for a touchdown and you missed it. Yeah. So Lud Alberti says, uh, do, are you going to get the Canon 5D Mark IV that was just announced uh, last week? I know Nick Page has his on order. What do you think? I am waiting to see what Nick Page, what he says about it. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I'm the type that I do like to buy the newest gear, so I probably will. But I haven't looked into it enough yet. I haven't had time to do my research on it. Okay. And um, Mike Craig says, tell us about the shot that you missed that you wish you wouldn't have missed. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. So the, the shot that I missed that I wish I wouldn't have. I was, at a, I was at a Colts game, and I was standing on the sideline talking to their team photographer. And towards the end, you know, the time's going down. It was a blowout. So the game, the story of the game was pretty much over. And I had to get my uh, – I had to switch to my 16 to 35, which I had back on the ground because I had my 70 to 200 with me on one body. My other body had the 400 millimeter. And we were getting ready to go out there and – uh, capture the quarterback shaking hands. So I run back, I switch my lenses, I run out to the middle of the field and quarterbacks are shaking their hands and I'm holding my camera up there and, you know, doing my thing, just shooting away and they're done and they're walking off and I'm like, okay, yes. And so I go and I look at my camera. I left the lens cap on. Oh, I did. I was that guy. I was that photographer that was in somebody else's picture with the lens cap on the lens. Yes. <laughs> so, and I'm sure he didn't share that picture around. He was nice about it, right? Right, right. I, I never saw it, so that's that's a good thing. Is I never saw it in any of the papers at all. All right, Vincent Devlin is asking you. Um, he says he's never been to an NFL game, and he'd like to be able to take his picture just to get some pictures from the from the stands. Can he do that? Uh, you're limited by the security. Uh, at most of the sports arenas, you're not allowed to take in cameras where the lenses can come off, you know. So you can if you've got a if you've got a way to get in without it being noticed. I'm sure you could, but typically they won't allow you to bring in bigger cameras or anything that looks kind of professional. They'll usually turn you away. Yeah, that's what I've found too. I've gone to a couple uh, Boise State football games here, and uh, I always try to get tickets in the end zone. If you're on the first row in the end zone, first of all, those tickets are usually not too expensive because uh, people don't really want to sit in the end zone. Um, but if you do get those those end zone tickets uh, and you're on the first row, you know you're not at the ideal angle. It'd be better if you were down on the field, but but you're pretty close uh, to the action. In fact, with just a 70 to 200. Uh, you can totally get great shots there. Um, and so, like, my uh, Fuji X-Pro2 uh, with the 70-200, they tend to just let that sucker go. I haven't ever had any problems with it. Uh, and that's at Boise State that's, you know, a pretty decent football team. I don't know if you were, you know, taking that to Alabama or something, if they'd be more uh, strict in some of the really big schools. Uh, but but uh, I've pushed that one okay. I don't know about an NFL game, though. Yeah, yeah, they're usually pretty, 
pretty strict about that. And you don't want to bring it all the way to the gate and then you get turned around and now you have to go all the way back to your car after you walked a few blocks. And so that's, yeah, that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Uh, let's see what else we, we got here uh, coming up on Facebook Live. But tell us uh, what other uh, what games you're planning to shoot for this year. I'm hoping to shoot the uh, Colts versus the uh, Chicago Bears. Being a Chicago Bears fan, that's usually one of the games I always try to do. And they're coming here to Indy, so that's what I'm hoping to do. And then I usually go up to Detroit. Uh, a couple years ago, did the Thanksgiving game up there with the Lions and the Bears. But I'll probably go up there and shoot the Lions and Bears game again. So those are those are the two games I'm currently looking into. Very cool. MB Forwood is asking, uh, how do you get credentials to shoot on the field at high school level games and higher? Well, Brian's already talked about how he got into NFL games with networking, but I definitely want to point you uh, to our other podcast called Photo Taco. If you just go to improvephotography.com, click on podcasts and photo taco. They just did an episode this week. Um, Jeff Harmon interviewed uh, Sharky James from the Petapixel podcast, um, and they talked for like two hours. It was like a, a taco buffet um, about <laughs> like just this question, shooting high school games and how to get in and, and things like that. So definitely check that out. Well, we have lots more we want to talk about uh, in the rest of this episode. Brian wants to talk a little bit about photo contests, and I want to talk about the iPhone 7 for photographers uh, that should be announced soon. But before we get to that, we want to take just a second and thank some of the companies that have made this podcast possible. Uh, The first is Squarespace. Uh, I love Squarespace. I've been using Squarespace for years before they were even a a, a sponsor of the podcast. Um, there, There are a lot of things to like about Squarespace. But the biggest thing that I like uh, coming from the standpoint of summoning someone trying to run a business, a small business in photography, um, is that it's one area of your business that you can just completely go hands off. You don't have to worry about buying hosting because they'll do the hosting for you on your website. You don't have to worry about security of your website because they're going to take care of the security for you. You don't have to worry about backing up your photos or making sure it looks good uh, on an iPhone or on a, a tablet or whatever. They've already made the templates, paid for the designers to make it look good. It really is just a drag and drop click uh, interface. You can just go on there type in your information, upload your photos, choose what, uh, what I almost said floor plan, what layout you want to have for, uh, for your website, and it's all done for you. Uh, so I love Squarespace for that reason. The reason that I chose Squarespace instead of some of the other offerings for me was the templates are gorgeous. That was, that was just the number one thing for me. I, you know, photography is an aesthetic thing, and, and that's uh, what, what really appealed to me. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your purchase. And also by Zenfolio. Zenfolio is another great option for hosting your uh, your uh, photography portfolio. Jeff Harmon has used uh, Zenfolio for a long time. Jeff Harmon's another one of the, the podcast hosts here on Improved Photography. And I think what Zenfolio does best, what it what it I mean, it, it does a lot of things well. But I think the thing that it, it really adds to the market is the the commerce side uh, of things. Uh, for being able to sell your photos, um, you know, uploading client galleries and stuff. You know, Zenfolio is made specifically for photographers. 
It's not a, a general um, a general website maker, and so you get a lot of the really nice features that some of the others just don't offer you. Uh, you know, things like if you want to protect your photos with watermarks, um, you want to, you know, like I said, sell sell prints and upload photos to to clients. Uh, that's really nice. They also offer 24/7 uh, support via phone and live chat and email. Um, and their plans start at just $5 a month uh, that will give you everything you need, a website, blog, portfolio, e-commerce, the whole thing. Start your free trial today with no credit card required. You can just go see what your website would look like, uh, look like on Zenfolio. And when you decide to sign up for Zenfolio, be sure to use offer code IMPROVE to get 30% off your subscription uh, to show your support for our podcast. That's Zenfolio.com, offer code IMPROVE. Thanks, Zenfolio, for your support. Zenfolio has been rated number one by photographers like me for three years in a row. All right, Brian, you have been uh, doing a little bit with photo contests. You were telling me before we recorded that you hadn't really participated much in them before, and uh, you're starting to dabble with it. So uh, what's your experience been? So I see the photo contest pop up all the time, and I feel like I've got some pretty solid images to submit to these different contests. But there's something about the ones that are online that I always just feel iffy about. I don't know if it's just not feeling like I can trust whoever the judges are or not having a, a real good idea of how many people even submit. And a lot of times they charge a lot of money for it. So I've always avoided them in the past. Um, recently, locally, uh, there was there's a local art, uh, what is it, art association that decided to do a contest locally where you can bring in three prints no larger than 30 inches for the for the width of it and it's only twenty dollars to submit and the winner can get two hundred dollars they're going to have it up for like a month i believe and you can go in and you can see the images and other people's work and what i love about that is that it's local and so through that I'm meeting other photographers locally and other artists. So it's not just photographers. It's also there's some uh, painters in there, too. But I feel better about that for some reason, just being that it's local, feeling like, OK, worst case scenario, people locally are seeing my work. And if they're interested, then maybe they'll come to me or hire me. And also what I like about this is we're able to sell the images, too. And we get to keep 80 percent of whatever the fees are. And that's that's all that they ask for it. So what about you, Jim? Have you done any contests before? You know, I, I've done a couple. Um, I, I've done a couple, but I, I've always been really wary of photography contests uh, for a couple reasons. Um, one is a lot of them are, are just scams, right? I mean, it's not that they don't award a winner, but like the purpose of it is just to get traffic for the website. You know, this kind where you just upload a photo and then has nothing to do with the quality of your photo. It's just how many of your friends you can spam and get to go like your photo on this website. And so it, they're just trying to drive traffic and it has nothing to do. It's not a photography contest. It's a how many of your friends can you ask to go like your photo contest. And so that really turns me off. The other kind that, that I don't that I wouldn't consider participating in uh, are photo contests that charge a fee to enter into it. Not that that can't be done legitimately, but I just see so often that that's, it, it just, I don't know. It, it's really iffy to me uh, when I see an entrance fee to enter uh, to enter into a contest. Not that it couldn't be legitimate, but, but it, it's iffy. Um, 
so so those are those those are two things that that kind of scare me a little bit about some photo photo contests. But the big one for me is almost every photo contest I see has serious heavy restrictions on being able to uh, digitally edit your photos before you put them up. Uh, for me, I'm only doing photography for art. It's just for fun, for creating something beautiful that I like. Um, I, d I don't really care if it was real or exactly how it looked uh, or not. I'm just creating something I like. And that doesn't really fit into 95% of the photo contests out there. And so that's why I, I have been hesitant to participate with them in the past. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. Yeah, for me, the fee was so minimal. It's $20 and it's a small artist association. So I kind of feel like it's almost a donation, you know, for a good cause supporting my local association. So for me, I thought that was good. And I'm also displaying uh, our library allows there to be like an artist of the month. And in February, it's going to be mine. And so That's cool. I needed I needed some additional pieces of artwork. So I thought, well, I can kind of kill two birds with one stone and get some, you know, work up now and use those same images later if, if I end up not selling them. That's great. That's really cool. Well, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the iPhone 7 for photographers. Um, so the iPhone 7 should be announced on September 6, which should, which is coming right up. Um, and the rumor that's been going around for a long time, uh, seems like at, at this point we can rely on it, but you never know, uh, is that the iPhone 7 Plus is going to have a dual lens camera. Uh, basically two different cameras operating uh, independently uh, that, that they're going to use software to make do some interesting things. Now the real question is, what interesting things are they going to do with this? Um, one potential is like on the Canon 5D Mark IV uh, that you'll be able to adjust the focus a little bit uh, later. Uh, that's, that's one thing that could happen here. Um, the other that seems very likely is that we'll have some kind of optical zoom uh, between the two cameras. Um, it's, it's kind of an open question what, it, what it's really going to become, but uh, I'm excited that the iPhone 7, at least from the rumors, doesn't really have any spec that would make me buy that camera. I mean, you'll lose the headphone jack. I wouldn't buy a camera, <laughs> buy a new phone so that I don't have an uh, a headphone jack in it. Uh, you know, I'll probably have a faster processor, bigger battery. That's good. It's fine with me. You know, I, my phone doesn't feel like it's running slow, so it's not a concern really. Um, but then the camera seems to be the feature that they're really going to, uh, to push on this. Uh, so I, I'm kind of excited to see what it is. I'm definitely going to buy one uh, if indeed the camera does end up being a major spec of it. I, I, it's the camera that I shoot more than anything else. Uh, I shoot every single day on my cell phone. I don't shoot every single day on my serious camera. Uh, so I, I'm anxious to see what it is. What, do you, what are you thinking, Brian? Have you looked at the rumors yet? Well, you know how rumors are. Rumors are, you know, often complex. And I just keep hearing something about like four different versions and how there's the pro version of the phone and the regular version and how the pro version is supposed to take over digital SLRs. And uh, I, I'll wait till I'll wait till Nick buys it and does a review on it. <laughs> I don't think Nick's going to be buying one. He uses an Android. <laughs> I know, but he'll switch eventually. <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, well, well, we'll see what happens with that. Definitely uh, interesting. But in every episode, we like to leave you with a doodad of the week. Oh, but before we do that, we've got to talk about uh, the Improved Photography Retreat. Uh, signups went uh, went live for this uh, this week on improvephotographyretreat.com. Um, already it's half gone uh, in terms of the tickets. We're only, uh, only going to take 140 people. We wanted to really limit it so that we can give the best experience to everybody there. Uh, it's obviously our first time uh, doing a conference, and so um, I'm nervous about it, but I want everything to run really smoothly and be a fun experience for everybody. We, uh, I, I made a Who's Coming page, which is kind of cool if you go to improvephotographyretreat.com and then click Who's Coming at the top, um, and it shows a map of where everybody's from. I'm just using people's initials and state, so, you know, for privacy concerns. But we have people coming so far from 22, United, uh, 22 states in the U.S., and six countries, uh, so really cool uh, to see everybody coming uh, coming to to uh, learn with us in in Arizona. We got some killer speakers uh, on the line for the event. Um, a lot of the improved photography people, you know, Nick Page, Sandy Duro, Connor Hibbs, uh, Jeff Harmon, Erica Kay, uh, jo- Josh Corrigan, Larissa Gobetz are all going to be there, but also some non-improved photography folks. Uh, Michael Binsky, who I just interviewed on the Tripod podcast, uh, is a really cool photographer. He does these amazing time lapses uh, in storms uh, as a storm chaser. So that's really cool. Trevor Daly is the marketing director at MagMod and also an amazing portrait photographer. Uh, Greg Benz is the is the guy who made Lumenzia, uh, the the. Uh, software for uh, luminosity masking. Uh, we really have a, a cool lineup of, uh, of speakers, so check it out at improvephotographyretreat.com. The dates for that are March 9 to 11, 2017 in beautiful, warm Phoenix, Arizona. And we're really going to be covering the gamut of all kinds of, of different uh, photography genres and so, uh, you know, we're going to talk about portrait and landscape and night photography and sports and, and drone photography and, and all kinds of different things. Um, so, so uh, you know, kind of kind of no matter what, what genre of photography you do, uh, there's, there's going to be something there for you. So be sure to check it out at improvephotographyretreat.com. Well, uh, we always like to share a doodad of the week with you. Brian, what do you have for us this week? So my doodad is kind of new to me and... I know I'm a little behind in the game with this one, but a friend of mine just gave me recently an Apple Watch. And with it, I I don't know how to use it yet, I'll be honest with that. But uh, I've just been wearing it for the past couple of days. And I like how I'm not reaching into my pocket to grab my phone all the time. And so I I can't fully, I mean, I'm going to recommend it as my doodad. I know it's a little bit pricey, but... uh, I'm looking forward to what that type of technology will be able to do in the future. You know, I know I can set timers for my phone to take pictures with my phone from my watch. And I'm sure there's a lot out there. I just don't know it yet. Do you have an Apple Watch? I don't. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for this. The next one, the, the second version. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'm Are excited you- about the, the possibilities, I guess. What have you found it most useful for, for, you know, not having your phone around or for the fitness tracking or what part of it's been most useful? Well, again, it's only been two days. And so fitness wise, I've been sitting on my butt a lot the past two (laughs) days. So the most useful 
that I can see. Like I've got a wedding coming up this weekend and I think it's going to be nice to, you know, just keeping track of the time, which I know I could do that with any watch, but just being able to keep track of the time and the weather and look at that stuff just in my watch instead of going through my phone, you know, pulling that out of the pocket. I just think it's more obvious that you're kind of ignoring people or you're distracted when you're uh, grabbing your phone out of your pocket than it is to look at your watch. Very cool. We'll see. Well, my doodad uh, this week is the Scott Evest men's sterling jacket. Uh, Scott Evest sent this uh, to me to uh, to do a review of it. Uh, so I've looked at these uh, jackets for a long time. I know a lot of photographers uh, use them when they're out. Uh, they're, you know, it's a premium, expensive product for sure. Uh, and so I've always kind of hesitated a little bit on them, but I've seen some of the photographers, especially at conferences, uh, some of the speakers who, who wear them. And so I've always been a little bit intrigued by them. Um, and so I, I checked it out. So the reason that these are cool for photographers are for the pockets. Uh, it has, you know, a place for your, your headphones to go. You can fit a full tablet in there, uh, a pen, a nice uh, pocket for a cell phone that has uh, a plastic, uh, plastic thing so you can actually see what's going on um, in there. It has a very large po- pocket on the inside uh, that could fit a smaller kind of camera in there, uh, you know, memory cards, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's just huge all the stuff that you can fit in there and then of course it's a nice uh, weather resistant material and you can zip off the arms if you want to do the vest thing so it's a really nice well-made jacket for sure um and uh i i think i will be donning this thing i think it's really cool uh, mostly just to have everything there because i you know i i get my camera and stuff in the little zip pouch uh, um, of my backpack but I feel like I can't get to all of the other stuff that are in, you know, pockets in the the camera bag. And so I like having this, uh, you know, to get to filters and memory cards and stuff. I think it's pretty cool. I like to see somebody's face as they watch you, like, reach in and just pull an iPad out from your belly. <laughs> I know. You know? It, it does look, look kind of cool. It looks like it's a little bit, a little bit, like, maybe fit, though, or a little bit too tight. Is it comfortable? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, it's very comfortable. And there's a, a little... Uh, expansion and contraction thing on the side that you can uh you can resize it so that it fits fits you nice on the on the waist and and the belly area (laughs) very cool very nice that looks cool all right everybody thank you for joining us on this episode of the improved photography podcast if you're just joining us on facebook live open up your cell phone go to the app store and just search podcast to get a podcatcher and then uh just search for improve photography and you can get all our podcasts, Improved Photography Podcast, Tripod Podcast, Photo Taco Podcast, and the Portrait Session Podcast all right fr- right there. They download automatically for free to your phone. And then you can listen to photography tips while you're exercising or working or uh, walking or commuting or whatever else you do. Uh, so be sure to check it out there. Thank you, everybody, who has supported the Improved Photography Retreat and has taken a little bit of a chance on us. Um, it's it's going to be an awesome experience. I can promise you that. Uh, will I make mistakes in the organization and some things will not be as perfect as they could be? I Yes, I'm, that will happen. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this. But I can promise you, you're going to come home with some 
awesome photos and you will have fun uh, and learn some some things from these uh, really amazing lineup of speakers that, that we have coming. So be sure to check it out, improvephotographyretreat.com and come join us in Phoenix. And also check a, a map because there you can drive to Phoenix from so many different uh, cities and neighboring states. So uh, check that out. Thanks everybody and we will see you next week.